Uh, so uh, we've been in this uh, series for Christmas stories, and we've been uh, covering the gamut of the different perspectives that we see of the Christmas story uh, from the perspectives of the different people involved in the process of what we know as the Christmas story and uh, the coming of uh, Christ, the Son of God. And so uh, this morning, uh, we're continuing that. Last few weeks, we've, we've talked about a king, we've talked about shepherds. Uh, and today we're talking about Mary, and Mary has got uh, just this great, wonderful, awesome perspective that is just her own. I mean, not, no, nobody gets the perspective that Mary gets, uh, and, uh, and, and, and even with that, uh, you know, with Mary and thinking about Mary, I, I can't help at Christmas time to think about some of my favorite Christmas songs, I don't know about you, uh, I'm trying to think of one of them, uh, it's a great, great Christmas song, uh, Mary... Oh, there it is. Mary, did you know? You remember that one? That's a good one. And, and she did. She did know. You know. All right. You know. Get it? Sorry. Slow. Second service, slow sometimes. But uh, no, I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. Uh, but, uh, but no, we, you know, so we've got this, we've got this awesome, awesome, um, amazing perspective of what God did in allowing Mary to be a part of the process of bringing the child of God, uh, the Son of God, and God himself into this world. And so uh, this morning as we, as we look at that story, as we tell that story, uh, you know, I, think, uh, I think it's important for us uh, to read uh, enough of it to kind of get where, you know, what she went through, where she's coming from, where she's going in this process. Uh, and, and so that's, that's my hope today. In fact, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and get it out and turn to the book of Luke. If you don't have a Bible, uh, we've got some amazing ushers who have amazing usher abilities, and uh, they will be glad to bring you a Bible. Just throw your hand up and let them get you one, but we're going to Luke uh, chapter 1 to start off with, Luke chapter 1. And uh, in this story of Mary, um, you know, I, I think, you know, to, to try to think about this like she would have thought about this, I think just from what we know of Mary, I think she was probably a very humble person. Uh, you know, you, gotta, you have to take into context, she was more than likely uh, a very young teenage girl uh, who, you know, all of a sudden is about to carry a child and all of these things. And so uh, there's, a, there's a lot to this for us this morning that I think is just incredibly important uh, in trying to understand what she was going through and the things that she was uh, experiencing. And just in her heart, her being a humble person, I think in her heart, I think to be chosen by God to do this, I think just even more probably humbled her even more. Uh, you think about, you know, like somebody wants you to do something great for them, uh, you know, like, you know, hey, we want you to, we want you to be the person to, uh, to carry this on for us or whatever it is. Uh, you know, I, I think for us to, to take that into effect and, and that this is happening, uh, I think just a, it, just, it just magnifies uh, what, what Mary was going through. Let's, let's look at this together. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. That means that she was meant to be married to Joseph, okay? Uh, but they weren't married yet, and she was a virgin, so we've got that. And, uh, and um, the virgin's name was Mary. And in verse 28 it said, 
And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. So this angel comes to her and, and says, you know, the Lord is with you. Well, I mean, that, that alone, I mean, let's just face it. On, on most days of most of our lives, we could stand to have an angel probably show up for us and go, the Lord is with you, and then just peace out. You know, we'd be good with that. Like, that would be helpful for me a lot of days of my life, and I'm sure you could probably vouch for the same, because it is easy for us to feel like that we are doing this alone a lot of days. And that's not the truth. The truth is that we're not doing this alone. God is with us. That's a promise that He has given us. So the angel comes to her and says, O favored one, the Lord is with you. So, of course, calls her favored one, too, so that's going somewhere. And then in verse 29, it says, But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. So, we're, we're seeing this, we're seeing this uh, continuing uh, thing that we've seen already in the Scriptures, that we've seen uh, with the shepherds and other people, that when the angels come, people get scared. Well, let me let you in on a little secret as to why the people are getting scared. It's because the angels don't look like the precious moments. Okay? They're not cherubs. They're not tiny. They're not weak. They're warriors, people, okay? They're warriors. I mean, they're, they're like ready to take you out at the command of the Lord. You know, I mean, that's, that's who the angels are. And so these, everybody, every time we see an angel show up, people are getting kind of freaked out. They're like, oh my gosh, brother, what are you doing here? Like, you got your battle gear on. Are we, gonna, are we about to go down or what's happening here? And, and so the angel says, you know, obviously, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You have found favor with God. What a, what a humbling statement to hear from an angel of the Lord. And it goes on, verse 31, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. So she's getting a lot of information in a short amount of time about who this baby is going to be that she's going to give birth to, that she's going to carry. And Mary says, verse 34, she has a response, and Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? In verse 35 it says, And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come to you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And in the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So we've got, we've got an amazing, amazing amount of, 
of, of information just based upon uh, the visit of the angel with Mary. I mean, and, and just even her response, even, you know, we're, she, she's trying to get a handle on things. She, she's thinking about this like we're thinking about this, you know, like, well, what do you, wait, what do you mean? I'm, what do you mean? I'm going to have a son. I'm going to have a baby. What? I'm not married yet. You know, we're not there yet. I'm a virgin. You know, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't, I, I don't understand. And then the angel explains to her, no, this is going to be a work of the Lord. The Holy Spirit comes and does an amazing work to make this happen. So I think it's important for us to note something because I think a lot of people think that the Holy Spirit wasn't doing anything until Jesus goes back to be with the Father after his death and resurrection, and then he's, you know, he's there for a little bit and you know, reveals himself to several hundred people and you know, gives things like the Great Commission and all that kind of stuff. And then he ascends up to the clouds to be, go back and be with the Father. And he says, he says, and I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit as a gift. It's going to be with you in my place, and he's going to lead and guide and convict and all those things that the Holy Spirit does, which is awesome. And I think for a lot of us, I think we think, well, the Holy Spirit's not around until after Jesus. And the truth is, is that we see the Holy Spirit working in the lives of people, and specifically we see that right now in this story. We, we don't think about that. We don't talk about that very much uh, when we're talking about this. But I think, I think that that's an important piece of this. Um, you know, furthermore, I, I, think, I think there's a couple things with this passage that I think is worth noting. Uh, you know, the angel reminds Mary of something in verse 37. For nothing will be impossible with God. For nothing will be impossible with God. And, and just like the Holy Spirit worked then, the Holy Spirit works now. And it's the same Holy Spirit with the same amount of power and the same amount of just, you know, I mean, just amazing ability to, to move and to shake people at their at their own feet you know and, and i think we forget that i think that we forget that it is the holy spirit that does a work in somebody's heart and in somebody's life i, I i'll just tell so let's put it this way i can't save anybody and you can't save anybody that is a that is the work of the holy spirit that he speaks to someone's heart we don't wake up one day and just decide oh, i'm going to be a christian now you know, that the Scripture teaches us the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts, and then we have, a, we have an opportunity to respond to that, you know? And so, so it first is initiated from God through the Holy Spirit that He would do this thing. And, and, and let me remind us of this, too. I think that this is worthy, especially at this time of year, because sometimes, I think sometimes, we get a little guilty of thinking that, like, there's some people that are just too far gone. You know what I'm saying? We got those people in our life, we're just like, they're too far gone. Chris, you don't know. I mean, they are the, the cousin Eddie of the family, or, you know, whatever. They're too far gone. There's no hope for this person or these people, and we're just hoping that they'll move out of state, you know, or just something, you know. And, and like, we, we, it, we, we do that southern thing, like, bless your heart, you know. Like, we, we love you, we love you, we want you to move away, you know. We love you, I don't want you to live next door to me, you know, kind of thing with people that, that we're kind of guilty of doing sometimes. And, and the truth is, and this is, this is good for us to be reminded, that the Holy Spirit can work in anybody's life. 
And that is not up for us to make some judgment call of, you know, these people, this person, whatever, is, is too far gone. They're never going to, you know, they're never going to believe in Jesus. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you this. If God reveals himself with a warrior angel of life and death to somebody, you know, then you know what? They might believe. Or maybe he just speaks to their heart, or maybe he uses the people that God has placed in their life, a.k.a. you and me, to be Jesus to them long enough that finally, yeah, maybe they're a jerk, maybe they're whatever for long enough that finally one day they just go, I'm a jerk to you, why aren't you a jerk to me? What's the deal? Mary goes on. Mary goes on after hearing these amazing things like, for nothing will be impossible with God. Uh, and Mary goes to see Elizabeth, her family member, who is also having a baby, who is, who is supposed to be barren. In other words, she was not supposed to be able to have a child. And so in verse 39, we have this, it picks up, it says, In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah, and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby in Elizabeth, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So there he is again, still working, still doing his thing. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord shall come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. I mean, what I'm getting from Elizabeth is like she's, she's humble times a thousand like she she's just like i can't even believe that you would come and see me you're carrying like and and she's she totally believes what's going on so let's just kind of kick back for a second here remember a little something that was foretold long before along with the fact that we had an understanding and that they had an understanding the people of god had an understanding from long before christ would come and that he was going to come but also that there was going to be another there was going to be one that would go before Jesus. There was going to be one that would go before the Savior, before the Messiah, and that person would be John the Baptist, who is who Elizabeth is having. So we've got this picture, this full, little bit fuller picture. We've got John the Baptist coming. We've got Jesus coming. We've got these two ladies that are relatives, uh, cousins, whatever they are. And this this amazing picture of them getting to see each other and the Holy Spirit working even in these beginning moments of the lives of these little beautiful babies that are not even born yet. What an amazing, amazing thing. So, I mean, I think this plays, this plays into this understanding of who Mary is and, and, and just where Mary was coming from. And I think for us to just, you know, be able to step back and just think for a moment, what was Mary feeling? What was Mary feeling? I, I, we've already talked about she was probably feeling humbled. She was probably feeling humbled. She probably, she probably felt 
you know, an amazing amount of God's love. You know, and I think for us today, I think that I think it's important for us today to note that we too are able to feel those same things as a reaction of what God has done for us. Now, Mary, obviously, what God did for her, He didn't do for anybody else. I mean, like, she gets to carry the Son of God, the Savior of the world, but I'm sure that just left her nonstop feeling like, oh my gosh, I can't believe God would choose me. I can't believe that God would love me. I can't believe that He would find this kind of favor with me that I would get to be a, even a, 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 a blip on the radar, even though she didn't know what radar was at the time. <laughs> you like that, you know? But you know that she that she would she would just be feeling like so overwhelmed with the love of God. And I think the truth is that for us today, I think that if we pay attention and we're and we're looking at what God has done for us, we too get to feel some of those very same feelings for some of the very same reasons that God has loved us despite our sin and that he has even sent his son for us. That he cares for us and it is not what we deserve. It is not what we deserve. And I'm sure Mary thought all the time, like, I did not deserve this. I'm going to mess this up. You know, what is, you know, what am I, you know, and then, and then God's going to be watching every parenting thing I do, you know. He's watching you too, by the way, so. <laughs> so, but, you know, just for us, just for us to be able just to get a glimpse and just to have a feeling and. And just, just to have an understanding of just what a blessing this was for her. And for her response. Her response. And we see her response. In fact, I want to read a little more about, about Mary and what we see in, in the birth of, of Jesus. And if you go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And starting uh, in verse 4. Luke chapter 2 and verse 4. And we see this beginning of the birth of Jesus. And it says this, it says, And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary his betrothed, who was with child, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for him in the inn. No place for him in the inn. For the Son of God, the Son of Man, who would come to save the world, there was no place to put him but in a manger. And, and, and we could... You know, I could try to sum up what I think that that night was like when she gave birth to Jesus, but I've got to believe that it was like a lot of other births, and uh, we don't have any reason to believe otherwise. Probably messy and all these things. And instead of me telling you about it, why don't we just listen to this song?
There's a lot to what Mary went through that I think that we just forget about. We forget about so many pieces of the puzzle. She wrote this song before that night while the baby was in her womb. Out of Luke 1, 46, it says this. It says, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For He has looked on the humble estate of His servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. She, she had a better understanding of this than I think I could even remotely imagine. If God spelled it out for me, I don't think I don't think that I would have completely understood it. She knew that this was going to change the world. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Here we are in 2017 talking about the blessing that Mary got and getting to carry the Son of God. And it goes on, it says, And His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in, their thoughts, uh, in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those who, of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich He has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. All this time later, here we are getting to read and try to comprehend her words and she understood something that I don't know that I could have understood if God had come and told me this. Well, first of all, I don't you know, not that I could get pregnant, but you know. And that God would come and tell her something so amazing. And her response, her response, my soul, verse 46, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in my Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in in God my Savior. And for us, we have an understanding who, who, not who Christ was just as a baby, but we have the blessing of the understanding of knowing who Christ would be and who He is today. That He would be the perfect Lamb of God without sin, making Him the only person that could give His life on a cross to pay the debt for our sin. How amazing is that? 
And what a blessing for us to get to see the whole picture. We, we, we don't get just a glimpse. We don't get just the baby in the manger picture. We don't even get just the, cro- the, the Christ on the cross picture. We get the whole thing, including that He defeated death and came back from the dead to defeat death on our behalf that we might have life for believing in Him. What an amazing, amazing thing for us. And us too, our response should be, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. The manger was probably not Mary's first choice. The Son of God carrying a baby. Let, let, let's, just, let's, just take, let's just take out of the picture that this was the Son of God. Let's just say we're talking about a mama and her baby, okay? And we know how you mamas are with your babies, okay? And we're talking about a newborn baby, and there's no room in the inn, and we're traveling, okay? And, and, and first of all, like we, we've painted a great picture to some degree sometimes of what we assume might have been uh, that... You know, the, you know, there was a donkey and all this. Well, the donkey is actually not in the picture that we have in Scripture. So some of this we've kind of added to it. And, and so for us to just get a, just a glimpse and to, and to realize no room in the inn means that they go to the place where the cattle sleep. And when it comes time to lay the baby down... The baby is laid in the place where the animals would eat. The animals would eat. And who knows what else. And that's where this little baby would be. And, and, and I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm just thinking about it. thinking about like from Mary, from her perspective, like what, what did it look like for her to see this all happening and, and to wonder and even think, you know, God, what are you doing? Why can't, we, why can't we have a nice place for you to have your son? Like, could, couldn't you just whip up something? Like, why? And, and it's almost like Jesus was born into suffering the way he would die. But for that mother, you just think for a minute, what was she thinking? When she was laying her baby in that manger, in that feeding trough, nasty, nasty thing, and laying her beautiful baby boy down in there. And I, and I think it's this reminder for us that suffering is a part of life. And that sometimes God wants to use the little pieces of our suffering that we think are minute and we think are silly and we just wish God would take them away. I'm sure Mary was wishing that there was something else, like can we get a crib over here, you know. And instead we got a manger, but you know what? It would be the manger that God would use. You remember why? As the angels came to the shepherds and said to the shepherds, you will know who the baby is when you find, find him lying in a manger. And even in the little pieces of our suffering, God can use them for His glory. What an amazing thing that God has done 
for us. No room in the inn. And sometimes maybe life feels like no room in the inn for you. Let me just remind you. God is in control. God is in control right down to the fact of what that angel told Mary in verse 37 in Luke 1. For nothing will be impossible with God. For nothing will be impossible with God. So, So whatever that manger looks like for you right now or may look like this next year, just remember that God, is, God will use it. God will use it if He wants to. Remember when the shepherds came, and they told Mary, and they told Joseph and whoever else was there. We don't know who, else, who all was there. We just know there were some people there, and probably more than them, because of the way the Scripture reads. It says all of them. But they came and they told her about, they told them about the angel coming, the heavenly host, the big worship service had in the field over top of the sheep. And, and remember what Mary's response was to that? Luke 2:19, her response, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Imagine being Mary the moment that she heard from those shepherds. We knew this was the one when, because the angel told us we'd find him lying in a manger. Lying in a manger. I mean, right then is one of those moments where Mary has to go, thank God I'm not crazy. You know? I mean, sometimes we and sometimes women just need to know they're not crazy, right? I mean, my wife looks at me and says, I'm not crazy, right? No, no, not going to say you are, Right? She's not, most of the time. And, you know, but, you know, like, I mean, just in this moment, you just think about, like, this is confirmation for her over and over, the confirmation that she has needed. And, and to be reminded, in her response, she's pondering these things in her heart. These shepherds came from afar. They followed, what, a star? They Got here, they're looking for a baby in a manger, and all of a sudden, that whole, like, you know, I stuck my kid in this manger, and I'm not real sure about that, but I did just have a baby, and I'm over here kind of helpless at the moment. Type of a feeling that she's probably going through is like, God ordained the manger. It was all part of His plan, and it is a reminder for us that we are in the midst of a plan. A plan that He has made for us. And sometimes the painters don't make sense. But sometimes they are for His glory. goes on a little later. And Mary and Joseph take Jesus to the temple. After being circumcised and all of this. And probably he was probably a few months old. And, and they begin to hear even more things from the people at the temple telling them, God is going to do great things through your son. And again, confirmation. And we see in Luke 2.33, and it says this, And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. They marveled at what was said about him. I mean, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure like just throughout the rest of their life, they would probably think this never gets old. 
This never gets old, getting to hear what God is going to do through our Son. And I'm reminded of what we see in Ephesians 3 talked about as the mystery of the gospel. That we can marvel at what God has done for us. And very simply put, but I think very appropriate, we have this passage in John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Folks, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Christmas, all about Jesus. Our faith, all about Jesus. And this morning, I hope that you have trusted in the only Son of God, the only one that came, the only one that came of a virgin, the only one who gave his life, the only one who defeated death. Because if you believe in him, you too can have that eternal life. We are able to feel the love that Mary felt. We are able to feel a little bit different type of blessing what Mary got to feel. But our response should still be the same. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. May we never forget that this was not just a son, but the Son who is Christ the Lord. Let's pray together. God, thank You for what You've done on our behalf. As we know, we don't deserve it. But God, we receive it. The blessing, Lord, the love. God, in our response is one to glorify You, to thank You for what You've done, to recognize who You are.